What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And today we're going to talk about no big decisions. No big decisions at all? Like never? It's a conditional thing, so, not in a certain time. Okay, so we're going to need to unpack it then is what you're telling me. That's actually what I am telling you. I think you, we yeah. might be able to try this. All right. I don't know, Jane. What do you think? Do we give us a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. I don't love giving a podcast that has the word no in it. It just sounds like a negative way to start things. But as we unpack this topic... It's what we wanted to say. So here we are. We're going to start at a time frame in 2010 and talk about a story of ours that we've referenced before, but we're going back there. Chris, can you talk a little bit about what life was like right then? Yeah, we were busy. We had three daughters. I was just, I don't know, five years into my law enforcement career. I'm trying to do the math in my brain right now. Was it five years at that point? Yeah. Yeah, it was five years. And I experienced, experienced an anxiety disorder. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast before, but bottom line is I was doing a whole lot of stuff and I was experiencing uh, secondary vicarious trauma through the work that I was doing as a child crime detective. And it was pretty scary. I had these massive anxiety attacks, felt like a heart attack. And at uh, the very first time it happened, I looked at Jamie and told her I was having a heart attack, told her to call 911. And then I sat on the floor and honestly prepared to die. And the outcome of that, there's, I mean, when we have a major event like that happen in life, it doesn't like it's just all better the next day. You're going to have a physiological, a mental consequence for a time after that. And so that's kind of one of the examples of seasons. And we're going to use that kind of as the backdrop for this topic of no big decisions. But there's a lot of other events that you might have that could cause this same rule to come into effect. So as a, as a trained peer, as someone who is trained to connect with a first responder after they've gone through some major event, and one of the major things that we tell them is no big decisions, no big decisions right now because big decisions carry big consequences. But Jamie and I have been there before where we had to make a big decision, like when we got out of the Air Force. Yeah, we were facing the time frame when we needed to make that decision of, are we in or are we out? And we decided we are out. And come what may, we had to move forward in that direction. So, so we had to make a big decision there. And, but our, our mind was in a good spot to make it. It was, there's right. The, there's the difference. There's times and places in life to make big decisions, like when we got out of the Air Force, but we weren't having a stress response at the time. Our amygdala wasn't hijacking the rest of our, our brain, and that's what was happening to me back in 2010. If you're in the first responder medical career field and you're experiencing these life and death events, if you're experiencing secondary trauma, meaning you're listening to other people talk about the trauma or you're seeing kind of the aftermath of the trauma that, that they experienced, then your brain could have an amygdala hijacking. And literally, if you look at brain scans, when that amygdala fires up and is on overdrive, your prefrontal cortex actually dims. It actually stops working as fully as it normally works. And so that's kind of that scenario that we're kicking around here is 
It's that time in life, your amygdala is taken over. Uh, you can't trust it to make good decisions. Your prefrontal cortex is offline or partially offline. And so we're going to do some things to, to help it. But before we get into those things to do, we want to get back to those lessons, right, James? We want to talk about the things that we shouldn't do. Right. When, yeah. When, and what we're talking about when we say no, no big, big decisions. decisions. So what are some examples of some of these big decisions, James, that we should avoid? The first one that I thought about was no new purchases or sales. We, we're not selling the home, taking off. We're not right now in this middle of this. But what if we want to? I mean, if we arrive at that decision... Yeah, I want to sell it. When we're in a good place. Let's call Jed. I, zzz, oh, okay. We're not selling the house right now. We're not an emotional brain necessarily, but. Right. For the, the point of it is that when you're in your emotional brain, like not in a great place right then, it's not the time to sell the house. Yeah. Because that's going to carry a longer term consequence with it. And we want to make sure big things like that, like selling a home or buying a home. We want to make sure we have the full power of our prefrontal cortex fully functioning before we do that. We had some other purchase ideas as well, though, didn't we? Like some other examples of... It's funny you say purchase ideas because you make fun sometimes when we talk about different things. Um, but yeah, we don't want any any large purchases or career changes, for example. That would be a bad idea in the middle of these trials is to be like, I'm out. No, no Lamborghinis. No Lamborghini. You might get the Lamborghini, just not right now. Just not right in the middle of whatever's happening. Also, we are not going to take on this new huge time commitment. Oh, yes. So no volunteerism. We're not going to raise our hand and volunteer to be like this the This is hard. President the school needs me to be the, the president. I was going to say Boy Scouts. You're talking about, the, why are you pointing fingers at the booster club? That wasn't an emotional decision. I was going to say the PTA as a fictitious thing, but if we want to go straight for the booster club's jugular, we can. No, that was a, that was a, a good time. So I like that. No, no raising our hand. Right now, if we're recognizing that we're having, we've had this major event happen. One, one of the ones we didn't touch that is applies to everyone at life is like if you've lost a loved one, you've lost your mother or father, your brother, your sister, maybe your grandma or grandpa, a close family member. It's another time that this is going to come into play. I know I'm totally doing like a rabbit trail, but I, I just remembered that, that that's something that applies to all of us. And when those things happen, we, we don't want to make these, these big decisions, no Lamborghinis. Hey, maybe you're buying like designer jeans might be a big purchase depending on where you're at with your finances and what fits into your financial monthly budget and what doesn't. So figuring out what big decisions means and what big purchases are and making sure that we avoid those when we know we're sitting in a stress brain. What about having a baby? Maybe it'd be a great time for us to have a baby and do that in the middle of a super stressful situation. I think if you're super stressed and you want to practice having a baby. Oh my gosh, here you go. That could be therapeutic. That's not what we're talking but about. Actually having a baby maybe right now isn't the right time for us to make that decision or adopting a child or I don't know is there other big decision there, there's anything that's going to carry this this 18 year or more consequence. Uh, so 30 year mortgages, 20 year mortgages, an 18-year-old human being that isn't going to leave your house until then. All of those things, 
huge consequence. And when we say consequence, obviously we also mean good things, right? When, when we have consequences, those could be good or bad. They aren't just one, but we need to make sure that that prefrontal cortex gets to be part of this decision-making process and not just the amygdala. So, Right. So those were all the um, not to do things. Yeah. Don't do those guys. If you're stressed out, major life event just happened. We're not going to make those kind of decisions right now. So let's talk about what to do, because we yes. came up with a pretty bulky list here of things that you could do in times of high stress to help yourself. Yes. And, and again, what we're doing is we're about to bring up some ideas of creating time and space for prefrontal cortex to be part of the conversation. And specifically, we're speaking from our experience. So we're not mental health professionals. No, not at all. And we just want to tell you what has helped for us. Yes. So number one is we use the word pause because you could use this in a lot of areas. Pause, if you have the ability, take some time off work. Can, can we call it a tactical pause? It just makes it sound more cool and military, first respondery, to say a tactical pause. If you'd like. It just came to me. As oh. a teacher, I may call it a pre-K pause. Okay. A pre-K pause. Okay. So a tactical pause. So yeah, can, can we freeze time for a minute? And obviously we can't literally freeze time, but there are some things that we can do that creates time for us. So back in 2010, when Jamie and I did this, I stepped away from responsibilities at work and it created more time for us. I'm not jumping ahead, am I? A little bit, but right. it's flowing into right. it. It's okay. Very good. Uh, so I stepped away from being a child crime detective. I switched over to property, a whole lot less weighty stuff there. I stepped off the SWAT team, really tough decision because I enjoyed the work, but I was too busy. We had stopped dating each other. Folks, if you've been listening to the podcast, what's episode one, James? I mean, date night. Yeah, discipline's a dating, baby. We talk about the importance of keeping that relationship with your spouse on fire. A priority. Oh, a priority. and we Sorry. had used our date night childcare time to serve. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but when we stepped back in our responsibilities and took that pause and we stepped away from working with the youth group, we began to date each other again. Yeah. And it just, it, there wasn't, to, to go on a date, we didn't have to do anything. We just go, right? We just show up. And then we have this investment in the relationship, which actually reduces stress for us. Whereas doing the youth group stuff, there was usually prep work, the youth group at stuff, and sometimes follow-up work that was going into it. So these were some of the things, some of the things that we did to, to pause time was stepping away from responsibilities. Uh, and then other things I think that we should consider is can you take time off? whether that be paid time off, annual leave, whatever you call it. Can you take sick time? I, I, I was kind of skeptical of the whole idea, whole idea of a mental health day. I'm just being real with you. Five years ago, I would have told you that I thought it was kind of phony. I don't feel that way anymore. Like I think mental health days are like a real thing. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I have used them and... I'm in a better place afterwards because I took that time because I knew I needed it. And I think pre 2020, I didn't think I needed those things. And think about it from the standpoint of anyone in those first responder career fields. Do you want the paramedic who's going to have to give you an IV in the field? Do you want that paramedic he or she showing up 
when they are overwhelmed because they just lost their mother or father, or they're having some other crisis at home, or or they had a really tough call yesterday, and it, they're they're feeling foggy in the head. No, you don't. You want them to take a mental health day, just like if their knee was jacked up and they you couldn't trust them to to do a fireman's carry to pick you up. You, you don't want them coming to work with an injured knee. You don't want them coming to work with with their brain being overtaxed. And so mental health days are a great, I think a great thing. They're legit. Uh, We have to reframe that conversation and that mindset in America. If we want people showing up fully fit and ready to do their jobs, we want them both physically fit and mentally fit. I don't know. Is there more things in reference to this pause? We wrote down procrastinate on purpose. And when you and I were talking through this section, I think that what I heard you say is that we stripped the family schedule down to the basics and put the other things on hold for a little bit. There's a never ending to-do list. If you have a home, there's a never ending to-do list. There's always chores. If you have friendships, you reach out to them, they reach out to you. So you may have a lot of asks on your list. And there's times in life when we pause that we stop doing that stuff. We procrastinate on purpose. I'm going to get to the weeds a different day. We're not doing it today or this week. The house needs painted. We're not doing it right now. We'll look three weeks out or a month out or three months out. I don't know. Maybe next year, right? There are things, there's times and places for us to procrastinate on purpose. Let's push that stuff back and let's focus on Again, getting our prefrontal cortex, the executive portion of our brain to get online so that we can process some of these decisions. The second thing we wanted to talk about in the what to do section is to seek wise counsel. This can look different for a lot of people. Um, Our parents are a piece of our wise counsel. And I I can think of many times that we call them and are, are like, hey, we're really struggling with this. Can we bounce something off of you? And they're fantastic to receive us. Uh, we also have a couple close friends that we do the same with and, and they rely on us in that way. And they're a safe place to go in these different times. And I'll say for first responders, and again, I, I keep focusing on those career fields, police, fire, EMS, emergency medical, any of these folks that are dealing with life and death issues on a regular basis. Uh, I hope that your your spouse can be if, if you're married, I hope your spouse can be wise counsel for you. Jamie is for me because she's not having those stress responses. When we have interpersonal issues within our family, then her and I both might be riding this emotional roller coaster. But a lot of times when I have stuff happen at work, Jamie's grounded. She she isn't experiencing it. And so I can I can use her as my wise counsel. I can let her speak into my life and say, hey, babe, Right now, you just had that thing happen yesterday. Uh, Moving to Fiji is awesome. It's Bali. Oh, excuse me, Bali. Moving to Bali sounds like a great idea, uh, but maybe we maybe we push that back a little bit. Let's let's deal with the day to day right now. Our next area that we wanted to talk about was connecting with a mental health professional. Chris and I both recently started seeing some different mental health professionals. And I know that he's seen a lot of value in speaking with someone. I've not done this before. So this is new to me and kind of foreign and super uncomfortable. So I'll get back to to you on that, but I'm trying to be open to it. And for me, it's just like it's hug time. I mean, it's, it's virtual, so we're not actually hugging. But what I mean by that is I really 
enjoy the relationship, especially as I talk through things and she's able to point things out to me that are, that's in my blinders. And as soon as she says it, it's like, oh my gosh, you're a hundred percent spot on. Like I wasn't even hearing what I was saying and I'm trying something new called EMDR, which Google search it. If you haven't tried it before, I'm really impressed by the results of it already. And I'm excited to keep doing it. Our next section was to talk about nutrition and hydration. Something that's super easy to implement nutrition, maybe not as much, but hydration, you can carry that hydro flask with you all day, every day. Keep filling it up at the water fountain and keep going. I'm not sure about you guys, but for me, if I have the container with me, I'm sipping on it all day. If I forget the container, I'm probably dehydrated that day. I'm just not in a great discipline to take myself to the water fountain a million times a day. So if I have it, I'm more likely to be hydrated. Or you can go old school, carry around a gallon jug, milk milk jug, right? Just fill that puppy up and you know you got to empty it by the end of the day. But that just helps work out. And again, we're not mental health professionals. We're not doctors. But we know that that helps work out some of the physiological stress hormones that get dumped into our body when we go through significant events. So drink up, lots of water, eat great foods, lots of fruits and vegetables, and then throw in some of that other good stuff as well. And just help your body work through the time. The next thing we wanted to add under what to do is to pray and show gratitude. I've noticed Chris, when he is in these different, what do I want to say? Dissatisfied, dissatisfaction maybe in different areas. I'll see him verbally express gratitude for different things, for the sun in the morning, for the peace on his drive to work for us getting to bed at a good time. And I think it's a really great um, shift that you can do with your mind to focus not on bad, but on the things that you are grateful for. And we're not talking about polishing a turd here, folks. We're talking about truly recognizing the amazing things that you have. Jamie's shaking her head at me. That That is not a bad word. It's, it's Just go. Okay, just keep going with it. Uh, so we're not talking about... Uh, just trying to church something up. We're talking about truly recognizing the good things that you have in life can help you reframe and recognize that there's a whole lot more good than bad most of the time. Our last what to do section was to get moving and get in some sort of active exercise. Does this mean that you need to go train for a triathlon? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Could it also be a session of weed pulling outside? Yes. It could be going for a bike ride with your children, going for a walk. During COVID, we did that like every morning with one of our daughters, and it was a lot of fun. It was life-giving. It was really good. Good conversation. We got active, got, got the body moving first thing in the morning. It was good for us. I liked it. So the call to action today is to take time, hit pause, seek wise counsel before making those big decisions. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Mondays. We want to hear from you. How are we doing here on the podcast, folks? There's a few different ways for you to communicate back to us. First and foremost, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on. That will cause the next episode to come up. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you can rate and review us. There's five stars waiting on our main page, and we'd really appreciate a five-star rating if... 
if we've earned all five stars, folks. If we haven't, keep your stars. Instead, shoot us an email at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know how to make a better future Marriage Monday topics or guests for me to interview. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is real tough. So go and love well.